0: Hi and welcome to the first episode of the Let's Talk P2P video and audio podcast by Northern Finance where we take a closer look on the inner workings of peer-to-peer lending and fintech companies in Europe in order to make better informed investment decisions. I'm your host Alex and today we take a closer look at Bondora with the vice president of product and investing at Bondora Matt Klenecken and um, we take a closer look also at their most prominent feature today Bondora Go and Grow it was introduced more than 2 years ago, today has more than 100,000 loan pieces in it. Receives, the investors receive a return of 6.75% annualized with promised daily liquidity and these loans are originated in the 3 main markets Estonia, Spain and Finland. And today we'll take a closer look at this product, how it performed during the crisis as it is also the largest source of new funds invested and will be a major part of our discussion overall. So um, we'll look at these problems that there were during the pandemic, how Bandora recovered from those. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this interview. We can't meet unfortunately in person as we did last year at your offices, but uh, we'll do this podcast instead for the time being. And uh, so my first question to you is, how are you holding up, Matt?
1: I'm doing well, Alex. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the the podcast today and on the video. So uh, we've been quite lucky here because the COVID situation hasn't had such a, a massive impact in terms of, you know, being locked down and, and closing services, we're pretty much back to normal here right now. Um, Estonia as a whole, I mean. So, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Okay. How are you doing? And Are you still in Cyprus?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've moved to Cyprus a few weeks ago and I'm um, really enjoying it and uh, glad to see that you're back in your offices again. If we look at the United States or other developed markets then most people won't be uh, working anywhere else but from home so uh, good that you're recovering quickly over there and still
1: yeah i've seen the same in the uk with a bank where i used to work that they're not working in the office until next year so yeah, uh, yeah quite a difference <laughs>
0: it sure is it sure is so um how's business going um, at bondora
1: everything is going well we are um like i said mostly back into the the office again as a team um our originations are are lower of course than the start of the year but we are originating this month roughly around 2.5 million a bit more Mm -hmm. um so yeah overall we we haven't had to you know make any changes to staffing or anything because of covid um, and everything has remained business as usual pretty much
0: Okay, okay, good, good. Um, What I really liked about Pandora was um, how you reacted to the uh, Covid situation um, with Go and Grow. Because um, many people were surprised that um, they couldn't withdraw the money if they wanted to. But I guess in that instance they didn't quite read um, precisely what was um, in the contracts we have uh, with Bandura Go and Grow. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Why it took some time to uh, withdraw money in that situation?
1: Yeah, of course. So th- the reason why they couldn't withdraw money much faster as, as you can today, for example, right. is due to partial payouts. Now, partial payouts were built into the product from day one. So a couple of mm. years ago, and that was for a situation just like Covid and the reason being is that if you allow much larger than usual withdrawals to all mm. happen at the same time it can damage the underlying portfolio because as you said at the, the start of this call today there's over 100,000 underlying loans in the portfolio which are continuously generating a cash flow for investors right. and you know a, a lot of people didn't withdraw so we don't want to damage the underlying I didn't portfolio withdraw either exactly <laughs> So we don't want to damage the underlying portfolio for the people who didn't make a withdrawal as well, and who continue right. to invest throughout that period. Um, so that's the reason why. And, and essentially, what it means is that if you initiate a withdrawal, you will get it in partial amounts, not the full amount straight away. And it's generated by the underlying cash flow that comes in every day, right? Yeah. So that that's the reason why.
0: Yeah, so that in some instances um, took a few weeks or um, maybe longer, but I guess now it is all resolved again, right? If someone uh, withdrew in the middle of the COVID crisis, um, now it's uh, back to normal and um, those people should have received everything they wanted to, right?
1: That's correct. And actually, I can test it for you today live and show you if you like. Sure. So, uh, as I said, the withdrawals should be in your account instantly if your bank right. is a member of separate instant payments, which most major banks are today. So you can, you can time me if you like, I'm just pressing confirm for a small withdrawal and okay. I've got my pin code through now.
0: Right. So for the people listening on a podcast, Matt is currently on his phone and withdrawing and, uh, and We're I've just pressed sign. Twenty seconds.
1: So now my withdrawal has been initiated and I'll tell you when it comes through. Okay. And there it is. You heard 30 it. Thirty seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Most okay. of that was just me being slow as well. <laughs> <laughs> so- oh, but uh so the withdrawals work again and
0: um that's, that's great to see, and um, I think it's also um, a prudent move, not only um, to initiate the partial payouts, um, but to also not um, purchase new loans for the go and grow portfolio. So that's also um, cash flow again, where those requested withdrawals will then, of course, be handled faster if the portfolio is not buying new loan pieces. So um, I like that uh, really quite a lot. But um, did you have a lot of demand um, from your loan customers for loans during this time?
1: Demand is, is quite dependent on, on us actually to generate it because we've noticed if we just increase our marketing, then we can kind of you know, increase the, the demand as well. So right. the demand pretty much seems to be there, but we, we've been very cautious with the portfolio so mm. th- that's why we are not lending in Finland and Spain at the moment, just to reduce our costs, but just to have more control over the quality of the underlying portfolio for this time as well, because uh, that's obviously really important to us right now, and helping borrowers who who really need it too. Um, yeah, but great. yeah. So the demand is kind of it's a you know marketplace. It's it's both sides, but yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. And um, can you tell investors a little bit more about the difference between the liquidity and the return reserves you have for Go and Grow?
1: Sure. Yeah, so there are two different things. The, the liquidity is roughly 15% of the portfolio, which is kept in cash. And that's just accounting for daily withdrawals and, and uh, deposits as well. And right. this is so we can deliver the, the fast liquidity. Investors, but mm-hmm. when they need, like I just did then, mm. and uh, the reserve fund, if any returns are generated over the target of six point seven five percent, Bondora actually has no claim on that. So what it means is that that goes into a reserve, and it's there for the times where we may not be able to generate that return because it, it's not guaranteed, as we've said before. So right. uh, that's the reason for it, and it kind of gives just investors a an extra layer of protection to know that that's there as well.
0: Okay. Um, the liquidity reserves um, were drained up during the crisis, obviously. That's why the partial payouts were introduced and um, I guess they're building up now again. Um, how large are the uh, return
1: reserves? We haven't shared that figure of what the return reserves are and the reason being is that it typically doesn't really add any value to the investor experience to, to have like an additional figure which is there because quite simply, it would look like it's kind of um, something that you could take a dividend from right that you know, you would expect to get a payout from that when actually, it doesn't work like that. It's there just for, for reserves. Um, so we haven't shared that figure, but the amount in it is enough to generate the returns for the portfolio for another 12 months alone, not including the underlying cash flow, which comes in every single day, so yeah. uh, th- that's the amount behind it
0: okay, okay, and this um twelve month figure I guess is um, granted if everything stays the same if um the number of investors um doesn't explode and one hundred thousand new people decide to join bondora
1: <laughs> well, we'll see about that
0: <laughs> okay um let's talk about the um raffle you recently had, um, the Bondora car, uh, fully equipped new BMW 3 series um, worth um, 70,000 euros in a time of a global um, economic meltdown. Why did you have this raffle um, at that time and um, who won?
1: Well, 70,000 euros sounds like a lot, but it's it's actually not. If you think of a company with over 20 million in revenues. €70,000 for a three-month marketing campaign is quite small, actually. If you compare it to companies of a similar size, what they would spend on just paid acquisition on Google Ads or, or social ads, for for example. Uh, mm-hmm. So the kind of cost that you don't see. So overall, it was really well-received by investors um, because, you know, it's visual. It's something that they could actually maybe sit in and then, you know, drive. So. Uh, it was won by a investor in Austria, and we have created a video of us handing over the car to the investor, and that's going to be coming soon. Really, keep an eye out for that because it's it's awesome.
0: I uh, sure will. And um, regarding the um, promotions of uh, Bondora in general, um, you were also in uh, German television uh, with an ad and. Um, can I can I ask you or can you answer um, what the cost for that was compared to the car
1: um, that's not something that I can share because I'm yeah. I'm not too sure of the figure on that right now but uh, any kind of marketing campaign um, you know it's a test for us to to get more investors in a profitable way for us which also benefits yeah. the community
0: yeah I just think um, the The car, um, the raffle might have maybe come at the wrong point in time, but um, I think that marketing campaign was not as expensive as uh, maybe others with the television or Google AdSense or whatever there uh, is instead.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've been planning that campaign with the car for a long time, but we've been thinking about it for for quite a while and uh, we decided to to do it then. But yeah, it had been in the backlog for, for quite some time.
0: Okay, okay. Um, and in comparison to the times um, before the coronavirus um, hit Europe, uh, the rest of the world also. Um, so January, February or December of last year, um, how did the business change? Um, how was business going back then and how is it compared to now?
1: I mean, at the beginning of the year, we were of course originating a lot more around 20 million euro, or maybe a bit more. So. Um, of course, it was much more at that time, but right now we we started investing we go and grow again last month. As I said at the start of the call, this month it's been around uh, around two point five million that's originated. Mm-hmm. so it's it's less. but um, what's great about Bondora is that you that we don't have to have huge growth every single month in our key metrics, like originations to be sustainable. Because if our originations are lower, then our operating costs are much lower as well. So uh, it's a real benefit for us in this time period. And that's why the business has been built on these automated, automated processes. Um, because we don't need that huge you know, triple percent growth uh, every single month to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And right. we're, we're a profitable company. You, you've probably seen our, our financial results just recently, where yeah. we've made a profit of 2.3 million So uh, for last year.
0: Was the annual report uh, published as well?
1: Yes, it's available on our support page. Just type in financial performance of Pandora and you'll see for last year and the previous years as well.
0: Okay, so that will then be the annual report with uh, 30 pages in it. That's Um, it. Right, great. Um, That's also um, what I like about the way you do business. I mean, other companies are of course also publishing um, their annual reports and um, they're audited and everything, but um, publishing the numbers every month of the portfolio that you have um, and uh, such a large portfolio, I think that's, uh, that's a very prudent move. Um, I like that very, uh, quite a lot. And um, regarding also the numbers that you publish, um, how do you think the lending volumes of Bondora will continue in the next few months? Do you have a strategy for that?
1: They'll probably steadily increase over the next few months toward the end of the year. You know, we're not targeting massive expansion at this point. Um, So we will kind of judge it based on the market and, and of course, maintaining the portfolio quality as well, maintaining the portfolio quality. So uh, that's something we'll be focusing on. And it will probably just steadily increase toward the end of the year. And we'll see how the economic situation is at the time before we make any uh, you know different decisions than that
0: Okay, yeah, sure sure makes sense. So um, adapting to whatever the circumstances will be at that point and um, Which markets um, will you focus on um, in the last few months you? Um, paused um, is- Spain and Finland um, your newer market so to say and your core market Estonia That's what you what you kept um, On doing how will you handle it in the next few months?
1: Well we will expand uh, within Spain and Finland again so of course we will open up those markets again Um, but also we were in the relatively late stages of expanding to another European market in Western Europe um, which was going to happen this year we decided to put that on hold because of of, uh, the Covid situation Um, but we have two others which are lined up which we have our own as well for for later times but most likely it will be next year you know once we see over the next few quarters how the world reacts and how this continues uh, then we can look at expansion again but definitely within our core markets especially within spain there's a huge opportunity to, to serve customers there
0: okay if you say western europe and you already have Spain there's uh, not much left in options so to say but um, yeah I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that and um, great um, I mean you wouldn't want to launch um, in such an unusual situation so to say I guess that will also impact the numbers um, of recovery if you're new in the market and um, yeah you don't have established structures yet so a uh, good move good move I think to put that on hold Um, and the loan volumes um, on Bondora um, you just described them how your strategy is for the next few months Um, what do you see for the industry of um, peer-to-peer lending companies or loan originators who are maybe active on marketplace model Um, what do you think
1: how those loans uh, and the volumes of them
0: will develop in the next few months
1: Really difficult to say because um, I think their markets are quite vast as well. You know, it can be uh, Asian or South American, uh, who knows. So very difficult to say how each individual economy will respond to that. Um, and also for the different platforms, typically there's different asset classes as well. You know, real estate, business loans, we're in consumer loans. So yeah, quite quite difficult to answer that. But for us, as I said, it will be a steady and sustainable increase going forward.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll see with uh, European consumer loans, um, how those will develop. Um, I think it's pretty hard to tell, but um, good to know that you're um, slowly uh, stepping it up again. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask you, you said you um, or no people left Bondora during these times. Um, no people were fired, um, to put it blankly um how many people um are you today in total and uh, how did that develop from uh, the last time we met
1: 12 months ago so we have around 70 people working in the office today working with mondora and i think when you were here last year it was maybe around 60 so you know not a huge increase in in headcount but double revenue and thousand percent increase in profit or, or whatever it was so um, yeah, yeah. Profit a,
0: last it was smaller that, that has to be said and this year was yeah. Uh,
1: was quite good it was and you know just in the office as well when you can come back and visit again uh, it's totally different now we've knocked through walls it's got our branding everywhere it's it's really cool so um, but yeah in terms of headcount it's only increased by a relatively small amount Reason being is that we've focused on automated processes in every kind of DNA of our, our business, uh, you know, Bandora, every kind of DNA. So, yeah, everything is automated, which means that people are generally uh, cross skilled and can work on a lot of different tasks, um, which are specialist tasks as well, not kind of manual automated tasks, uh, manual tasks. So, yeah.
0: Okay. And, um, Bondora, maybe for the viewers um, who are not that um, familiar with you yet, um, Bondora is actually one of the oldest uh, P2P platforms um, in Europe. And um, how did you develop in the last three years? Because you're now active with the Go and Grow product for two years. And before that, you also have a track record of... I think it goes back to the year 2010, uh, 2009,
1: right? So, the company was founded in 2008, but Mm -hmm. the first loan was issued in 2009. So, you know, it was founded in the middle of the global financial crisis last time. And this was a time when everyone needed access to fair finance. They didn't have any trust in their banks anymore. So, uh, it was, you know, you could say a perfect time to begin that. And even the track record of, you know, over a decade gives investors a lot of confidence as well.
0: Yeah. That's true. That's true. And um, over the last three years, how did your team develop uh, during that time? How many people were you uh, in 2017, for example, before um, Go and Grow was introduced?
1: I think when I I joined, which was just over three years ago, I think it was around 40 people at the time, uh, I think. Okay. So, yeah, again, not like a a massive increase, but um, But percentage-wise. Still
0: almost doubled.
1: Uh, in three years, yeah,
0: okay. But um, so as, that's a steady story. Um, I think that's some something that's also appreciated. Yeah, and um, I wanted to ask you about um, also. You said many people work in cross-functional teams. Um, do you have a specific uh, risk department, or how is some portfolio risk uh, handled uh, on your side?
1: Yeah, so we have a specific data team who works on on the portfolio, there's roughly 10% of the company within that team, but we also okay. have sporting them, we have our, our legal team, we have a recoveries team as well, so yeah, but uh, you know, we all sit shoulders length away from each other pretty much, okay. or two meters over the last couple of months. <laughs> okay
0: and um good to know um, how many people uh, work in that department uh, for for most uh, investors they they have the fear that the investment is not going well so um, that on risk department i think that's good to know um for those um, who don't yet and um, how is the average investor um, on bondora looking um, or what are their characteristics um, male, female, how much is invested, um, how much experience do they have?
1: Typically, when I joined, it was quite a different demographic. It was, you know, the typically male, 30 to 40 years old, active investor you know, with some experience, you know, would, would like to be hands on and every kind of day looking at their investments and, and making their own decisions, probably invest in stocks or something else as well. But today, the demographic is quite different to that. Um, it's still mostly male, but the age group is what has changed the most. So 18 to 30 year olds are even more common right now. But mm-hmm. what's incredible to see is that we have people who are under 18 who are trying to sign up with us and invest as well. And we have to turn them away and say, you know, you have to wait. But it's great that they're taking control of their financial future at such a, a young age um, in terms of their experience of uh most of our investor base these days it's just the the average person who who doesn't have any major experience in investing you know
0: mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: Like, uh, yeah you could say friends family you know you can relate to to someone who who doesn't spend the days looking at you know the financial times or something else um who's just used to kind of using their bank account but we've we've built the platform in such a way that it's so simple for anyone to use and get the benefit of that and the account size kind of exemplifies that as well, because you can invest from one euro. You, you'll have accounts from, you know, 50, 100 euro, but you can have seven figure accounts as well. So they're getting the same benefit, despite how much money they have to invest, which is amazing because a lot of the banks, you know, 10 plus years ago, you had to have a certain amount of money to be able to get that kind of benefit. And that's changed. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, So you actively took this um, decision to um, focus on those um, or focus on um, an easier approach on investing, so to say. So also target those um, a little
1: bit younger demographics. Uh, Would that be right? Uh, I wouldn't even say that it's us targeting them directly. It's that, you know, there's a real online community of people sharing their experiences about Bondora, Uh, you know, like yourself. But even you know, across all different countries in Europe, people are just willing to share their experience of investing and how it's been for them. And okay. on video channels, so on YouTube, for example, um, it's where 18 to 30-year-olds get their content. So, And um, they find Bandora and want to invest. Because it's actually everyone wants to have that financial security. Everyone wants to have control over their financial future but it's just knowing how to do it and trusting the way that you're going to do it, which is what we're providing.
0: Okay, okay. Again, to the um, male-female ratio. So if I look at um, my own channel, it's uh, pretty disappointing. Um, It's not specifically um, catered to men, but um, 95% of um, the viewers and subscribers are male. How's that in, at Bondora? Are those uh, similar figures to yours, or is it
1: vastly different? It is mostly male as well. You know, it, it has changed over the past few years. That I think more females uh, are joining the platform and investing, but yeah, for some reason, it is uh, mostly males as well.
0: Okay, okay. And um, recently, Estate Guru, a competitor of yours, not directly for the consumer lending market, but for the P2P lending market. In general, they had a crowdfunding campaign for their own equity. They are not yet profitable. They are also a few years younger um, than you are at Bondora, but um, they are not yet profitable. And they were looking for additional equity through an online crowdfunding campaign at uh, Cedars, I think it was called. And um, are you looking in any similar direction or are there no tendencies toward that uh, you don't need it, for example? we have no plans for that at the moment okay okay um clear statement <laughs> and um let's look at the future um in terms of market um what is your approach you said you have some new markets in the pipeline but, but you postponed it a little bit Um, How will you avoid, um, because you also had, um, besides those three markets we talked about, besides um, Estonia, Finland and Spain, you also had um, Slovakia um, for a time, but um, you withdrew from that market again. How will you avoid um, that uh, from happening again?
1: I think the, the, the main criteria for expanding to a new market. So first is that there's actually a need from customers there's a demand, right? So you look at the total accessible market for for customers, and who are in need of of finance. Access to data is a a massive thing as well. So can we access the data that we need for our proprietary credit model to make the decisions on the risk of that individual customer, credit agencies, population registries, and then also the recoveries process as well, because it's, it's not unified, you know, so we want to see um, what that process is like and how can we integrate that to our automated processes. Mm-hmm. So that that's the kind of main criteria that we look at for expanding into any new market. Right, right.
0: Um, and I wanted to ask you because some, some marketplace models are also um, publishing the APR, so what is effectively charged to the customer and um, if you calculate that on a yearly basis with loans that have a really short duration um, it's uh, astonishing what can be uh, charged if you would have it for one year instead of just um, a few days in the most instances Um, how high is the average apr for customers at bondora and how long is the average um, period uh, people take loans so i guess you're not uh, in the payday loan business, uh, which is a little bit more definitely on the riskier side.
1: I mean, the, the average APR is difficult to say because you have you know, different markets, different segments of customers. But in terms of the loan duration, I, I think it's actually around 40 months. So you know, very, very few loans are, are issued in that kind of three, six, 12 months period. The, the average for a long time has been 36 months. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's slowly crept up a little bit, but yeah, we, we want to give people access to that fair kind of finance, which they can use to, to benefit their, their current situation, but also work it into their daily routines, their daily lives as well. You know, so it's, it's not just a a huge one-off cost. It's something that they can manage going forward as well. You know, whether they're getting a new car for traveling to a new job or, you know, that dream holiday for their family or Maybe they're improving their education, something like that. So um, it gives people access to fair finance uh, upfront as well.
0: Okay. Can you give us the APR for your core market, Estonia?
1: It's it, even in Estonia, it's it's difficult to say because you have different risk ratings. So yeah. you would have to wait against the average of, of what is issued, you know, per okay. per risk rate.
0: Can you give us? Uh, but it's a, range? it's as
1: low as you can have it as as low as competitive as the banks you know, I think seven or 8% in some cases. So if you look at credit cards, for example, with some of the banks, um, you you might actually be paying around 20% uh, on on this balance, uh, even for smaller consumer loans as well. So we are competitive that it's around Mm -hmm. that, which banks can offer as well. Of course, it's higher for those who are in a a risky uh, segment who are expected to have a higher rate of default on their payments. but yeah, so it varies.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, good to know. And, um, that's one part of the business model. I like, um, we're in a market here, which is, um, well, regulated on the one side, which, uh, can also be a huge risk, uh, as we saw in some instances in the last few months, um, with, uh, other platforms or, um, loan originators on those platforms so we are in established markets and we're not in the ultra short term lending but uh, in the well let's call it medium term yeah now that's 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 really great i like that and um, i'm actually very happy um, with my investments in go and grow and that the return reserves are different from the liquidity reserves and that everything um, was paid to those investors um, in time uh, as uh, well as promised basically during the corona crisis and that that worked out and uh, i'm now invested with um, a little bit more than five thousand euros or approximately 90 cents uh, per day in interest and if you want to learn a little bit more about that check out the show notes um, and my video on that and um, you can also have a look at bondora there and uh, yeah i really look forward to what you guys um, will come up with in the future um, with the new markets and um, how those will work how the recovery rates also a big aspect of that uh, will develop.
1: Um, yeah, I'm li- really looking forward to that. Good. And Alex, if I can ask you, how what's your perception been over the past few months? You know, what, what have you done differently within your portfolio or if anything? Or, or what have you noticed with investors? What are your biggest takeaways that you'd like to share with people as well?
0: Yeah, so um, I think the most important uh, learning for me was that um, many investors are a little bit more risk averse in a crisis than i would have thought Um, so if we talk about peer-to-peer lending it's an alternative investment and um, most people know that there are obviously uh, risks also involved Um, but i've really seen a shift also in my community from the Well, from the approach of uh, just wanting to see a high interest rate um, at that uh, long contract to moving something that is um, more securitized in one way or the other. So that might be um, with uh, reserve as you have it with go and grow um, for the returns or that might be uh, property uh, that is backed by it. So a first rank mortgage or um, something else of value. So I've seen a shift um, going from the unsecuritized to the securitized lending. And um, let's see if it will be long-term, but um, I've also uh, adapted. I always adapt my strategy every three months. I look at what platforms are performing as I want them to, how are they sharing their figures, um, how is securitization going? So I always remove the last three of my top 10 ranking or I withdraw money from there and I put it into the top three players. And um, yeah, I'm always evaluating on a rolling basis. um, But that securitization trend, that might be something or that I would also like to see it uh, in the long term. Um, Let's see how it goes. So
1: it sounds like you're always keeping up to date. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Good.
0: But um, yeah, thank you, Matt, um, for your time. Um, Thank you for taking the time. And I hope to see you rather sooner than later again at your offices. Um, But yeah, I I really enjoyed it and um,
1: hope to see you soon. Thanks for the discussion, Alex. Yeah, hope to see you soon as well.
0: All right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.